Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sell, Scale and Thrive, the B2B SaaS podcast for founders. This is all about sales, about building your sales capabilities in your organization, because a startup that sells is a startup that scales. Want to create positive impact by getting your SaaS product out to more customers? Then start here. Hello, hi everyone, and welcome to this LinkedIn Live with Sales Playbook. I am Sol, and this is Manuel Hartman. So welcome everyone, and thank you for joining. The topic today is hacking sales cycles and how to avoid and even not do proof of concepts. So we've got quite a controversial show because I'm sure, I'm sure that most founders here are probably saying, what? not do proof of concept. So what is this all about? So um, Manuel, why don't you introduce yourself? Because everyone's here to see you, not me. So... Yeah, happy to, happy to do so. And um, I think that the key thing is like, why do I hate uh, proof of concepts uh, to a certain degree? Um, I did too many of them that did not convert, that didn't have clear validation criteria, that did not have a clear commitment. There was no mutual action plan for full rollout. And um, I, I like the clear path to revenue, right? So, I mean, POC's proof of concepts should convert at like a rate of like 70 to 90%. Like three out of four is good. Like four out of five is good. In startups, we see them converting often like, like 20 to 40%, like one out of five, two out of five. And then so I'm like, oh, thanks for the results. Like we'll get back to you um, and we'll evaluate it internally. Just because... The conversation goes like this startup goes to corporate corporates is like oh yeah great like uh, show me what you got like after the demos can you send me an offer can you send me a presentation do a free pre poc a proof of concept which i think is anyways the wrong wording because it's not about proving concepts it's about solving problems uh, but we get to this and then the startup founder or like seriously doesn't see another way than to do a poc because they don't see how they can otherwise solve it how they can create trust and then they run it, they take um, resources from their product, their engineering, their, their, their analytics, their business development team. And they also take time from the customer side, which then actually like um, is the fastest way to, to actually like lengthen your sales cycle. I mean, if your sales cycle would be three months and you're going to be asked to do like a one month POC and you're going to discuss for one month and then you need to analyze again, that's just double your sales cycle. So that's just as a few introductory um, points. Okay, thanks. Um, let's just go one step one step further. So what actually is a proof of concept and when is it that startups are, are supposed to do this? I think a proof of concept is something you get asked for that you want to do um, in, at times where it's not 100% clear if that actually works, right? So you're an, AI, you're an artificial intelligence startup in the analytics space and like you want to sell to a large bank and the bank is not sure will what you claim to do actually work in reality because I've never seen it I haven't seen a case that I haven't talked to anybody and will it work in our setup which is different than your other setups like at a at an insurance or at another bank so then you get asked to do this because nobody really wants to take the risk right and I think the, the worst thing that happens is if if uh, basically the, the potential customer asks like, hey, um, do you give us 100% money back guarantee? Do you do the rollout? Or like, are you 100% sure this works? And then the founder needs to go there and it's like, oh, I'm actually not sure if this works. It's like, great. So it's like you go on a bridge and somebody asks like, hey, do bungee jumping. It's like, 
hey, like you sure this works? Like, no, but I mean, you jump, right? Like, because I'm scared. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not a good feeling. Mm. Because one of the main points in, in sales is to create trust and as much of it as possible because there's even a book called Speed of Trust that once trust is there, like everything goes amazingly well and quick. And if trust is not there, you have different mechanisms to do this. One of them is a POC. Other ones are reference call to like a successful customer. Is a case study of like how you do things. It's um, basically just understanding the problem better and showing expertise on how you solve this problem functionally. Mm. And a POC is just, I think, often like the, the worst possible path because it takes a long time. It's resource intensive and you might not even test the right thing with the right people. So um, tell me a bit more about that. You might not be testing the right thing with the right people. So what's the issue there? Is it like how are people going about point to, um, POCs in, in a wrong way? Right. Maybe I just tell you two negative cases or actually three because people learn from, from real life cases, right? Like one was I was selling to commerce and there was like at a conference, the, the CEO of like one of my top 20 card target customers. So I knew the account. I wanted to get in there and I just met him over a beer basically and he came to me like, what are you doing? And we like, we help retailers sell more products online faster by um, not like automating the process, how you get files from supplier and like it was a sports goods company and it was like oh that's really good we need that that's our business right i'm ceo of like the the, the, the e-commerce part and like good so like might i ask you a few questions like how many suppliers do you have like 600 like which was like really the operator like dream ideal customer profile it's like how do you do this like it's all manual like you talk to my friend here and she's not a friend of that process so it, it, it sucks like because it's half a million to a million products which was really would have been like the largest customer but it was really a good case and I was like okay you figure out like you run a POC and then if it works and the person's like how can we test this quickly like let's normalize like sizes of shoes across like US EU whatever uh, because we can test it and you can be successful with that uh, and we did and we got paid and we presented this and then the CEO came in again and was like yeah but we're talking about onboarding new suppliers and you tested no shoe size normalization so that's not at all we need to run a second POC and I pay again, it's fine. So we did it a second time. And by the time we finished, which was about like four or five months later with the second POC, so like by now, I really got three different business priorities for me. Like one is integrating five new countries into our geographic unit. Two, we need to like fix SAP. And three, we need to roll out a new website. So I appreciate your work, but by now, five, four or five months later, this is not one of my top three business priorities. So nothing wrong like it was not even a free poc but it was just not relevant anymore example number two um we did this and we got six seven stakeholders on board and like i mean you you basically like um remarked me that i shouldn't send out a newsletter to one and a half thousand people with a subject line called who the who the f is sven right and <laughs> which was the seven stakeholders after we conducted a pilot with six stakeholders but we did not have like the person taking the decision if to move forward there in there and we could have found out that much earlier like if we would just not have run the poc just, just like invest the probably two to five person days into like 10 percent of that to understand who sven was we could have had a conversation with sven and find out if he's really willing to change processes in his company or not and the proof of concept was never the point it was just like did that person want to take action did he have a compelling reason to act, which he did not 
and then we could have saved us the POC. So these are two negative cases. And then there's a lot of positive cases where you can have a proof of value or an initial collaboration where somebody really says, this is the most urgent thing which we want to fix. So for example, one customer is like, do your annual agreement if you need for your seed investor, um, if you need like an ARR contract subscription, whatever you call that, do it, charge me 60K for it out of these four batches of work. Like I, I need the first one to work. That's not a proof of concept. This You need to bulletproof, assure me this works. Right? This is the most urgent problem. Afterwards, like I'm reasonably relaxed. But th this was not a proof of concept. It was really like, can you solve this problem within the next three months reliably, predictably at zero risk for me? And this is what people want. Okay, so if you're not recommending to do proof of concept, what um, what do you recommend instead, like with concrete steps? I recommend going much deeper into um, discovery and qualification and understand what is it really that somebody wants to solve. Like why now, why me or why us and, and like why why this mechanism, right? I mean, if you want to get fit, for example, and I'm running CrossFit box, like why CrossFit, why not? jogging why not powerlifting why not Thai boxing why not something else am i in the right game like, why does somebody want to do crossfit why does somebody want to even get fit what happens if they don't get fit what happens if they go running and not crossfitting like why why am i even why are we even here and if people then really urgently like top three priority want to do this then ask them very candidly, it's like, hey, look, but it seems that you want to fix this, like, ideally in a minute, not like in a year. <laughs> Why don't we just start fixing the real problem? And I give you 100% action-based money-back guarantee within the first 30, 60, 90 days. I give you a reference call with, like, a customer who had the same challenges, same transformation, same concerns. I, I send you two case studies of, like, what exactly happened. I send you an ebook of the exact process which we're going to implement in your company. So the ebook describes in great detail like what we will do, like the why we establish now. And then our solution is just like how this will work. And if this will, if you have any questions at one point, here's my personal mobile phone founder, uh, mobile phone number, and you call me anytime and we'll make sure this works. And then you find out if somebody thinks like, well, then if there's zero financial, reputational, or, or procedural risk for me, and I want to solve this problem right now, let's go. Send me the DocuSign with all these risk reverses for me but often you will encounter the opposite that someone's like yeah it's actually not that important and I just thought you can do free market research for me and just show me what you got and like I'm actually not authorized to sign sign anything and then you notice all the orange flags which you should have long time ago and I was like well if you're not authorized to decide anything if you don't know the real business problem and if you're not committed to solve the problem then the proof of concept is not gonna solve anything because then it's just free market research. Okay, so um, so what does all this have to do with hacking sales cycles? Yeah, as I mentioned a bit earlier, like I think POCs take time, right? I mean, even if you run your proof of concept on an afternoon and you ship the results to someone, it's like, here are the results, then somebody needs to look at them. And this, this takes up internal resources. And this is especially like in software as a service, this is the most common issue, I think, like is after the sales, is adoption. 
So today morning with, with Tim from our team, I, I was on a call with like, um, I saw a solution in sales and implement space. And the solution was really beautiful. It made a lot of sense. And like, it was even like, got the offer like to, to use it for free for a while. And Tim and I like, hey, this is a really cool solution. I was like, yes, but if I throw this at my team, just rolling out EchoBot, then they haven't even started using cold email and then cold LinkedIn. And then at the same time, unique for call analysis and then something else. And now I come with solution number five. I'm just really scared this doesn't get adopted and it takes away capacity from at least updating the five HubSpot field. We need to like understand what's happening for our customers. So I ran this like in last company where I was like the first sales hire basically. Um, and we did this POC and we got paid handsomely like low five figures for it. And we just asked and like we asked, can we discuss the results? And it's like, not now, like in two months, we're busy. And two months later, they have not even looked at the results. And in the moment you do a POC or you, you do like even like a project of sorts, you force the other person to not buy in a continuous setup from you until they validated the results. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the moment you use will tell me like, hey, I will send you a work sample before you hire me. I'm not allowed like to, to say face to hire you without that work sample because I told you that work sample is important to me. And mm-hmm. if, you tell, if you send me a work sample, it's going to take me like a day to review until I find that day and I cannot hire you, just, just reputation, it doesn't work. Because we both agreed this work sample and my proper analysis of you and the discussion we need to have about it is important. Okay. Um, so I'll open up now for Q&A for everyone. And... Here, can everybody see in the chat? Q and A. So just drop your questions here in the in the Q and A, and then we can have Manuel answer direct questions that anybody may have. Real life sam- real life examples. If there's anything that you and your company are struggling with right now, I'm actually not seeing questions in the Q and A. Can somebody write something, please, in the in the comments section and let me know if they're seeing it? Not 100% sure if we enabled Q&A for this session, so I go to the LinkedIn live page. Yeah. I'm happy to continue the conversation. Yeah, I'm in the LinkedIn live page. And I don't know if there's for comments. Where would I put questions? Okay, so it, it works, right? So Manfred Curl asks, uh, what is it, a technical versus functional POC? A- excellent question, I think. Uh-huh. So um, Manfred, like, I think that there's really, sometimes there is a technical proof of concept and, and you need to do it. Like if, if you are SpaceX and you claim that you can send a rocket to the, the International Space Station um, and someone's really like, and you, you claim that you can do it like four times faster, four times cheaper at like double the payload. And if I'm NASA and I've been doing that stuff for 30 years, and like that, that is not by the first principles of physics possible. How are you solving these technical challenges? And I might have literally a list of 27 technical things. 
which I need to understand like how on earth or space is it possible to solve this. In B2B SaaS, this is very rare, like that you have these really deep tech technical challenges. Like in hardware, this is different, or like in pharma, that when you need an FDA trial, that really your biomarker, which nobody else with like trillions of, of spend could develop. So that's like where you write like a proper PhD postdoc research paper, which was peer reviewed and so on. In sources, they actually have much more often like a functional proof of concept, which is answering the question, does this work in my setup and achieve a certain business outcome? And you, so you less care, you care less about precision and recall of your machine learning algorithm. You just care, is it classifying like this data in the correct way, like in four out of five cases, which is good enough for manual error control. Um, next one, um, I hope that's okay. So if I just go one by one, probably. Yeah, go for it. From Stefan Albert, we talked a lot about the wrong reasons to do a POC. What are the right reasons? I think the right reasons is if you can establish the buyer journey from zero um, or from the current conversation to like a full rollout of like the target setup, which you want to do. And someone just says like, hey, can we together execute a POC or a proof of value or like an initial collaboration to just help me sell it internally? Like I want to roll this out across all divisions of ABB, but I need to prove in at least one division that it is successful. So right now we're in a conversation with a scale-up, with eight-figure ARR, and they say like, hey, we wanted to build out outbound lead sales in the past. Con like the lead quality was subpar, like it was not as good as we would like it to be. Before I call my sales team, I was like, take all the outbound leads. We just need to showcase that at least like one out of five instead of like one out of 20 converts. So we need to get a minimum sample of this um, before we can scale it up. Um, from Christian Haberfeld, thank you for covering the interesting topic. Will there be a recording available? Yes, there will be a recording available and we'll ship this out um, soon. So this week, definitely. Um, from uh, Victor Charlie, what are other ways to build credibility and avoid POCs completely? Um, typically case studies, um, re reference calls. Um, if, for example, um, we have this often that like the startup um, ecosystem is relatively tightly networked and some people come in and it's like, I already spoke to my investor, two other scale-up founders, we are entrepreneurs organization and this peer, which is like kind of a competitor, but not really, and they all said it's good, so like I, I'm fine. I don't need your demo access. Like I don't need the POC. Like I, I asked for people I trust, and they said like it's good, and it's good. On the other way, like if, if that person would ask for people and two of them like, mm, but so so, I think it works for my for my case. It will not work for you. Then there's no way a POC is going to solve that because it's just a, a social proof and trust issue. So risk reversal, like money back guarantee, like full rollout, opt out clause after X months is one thing social proof by reference call or by case study. A third one is just like domain expertise that you can show like, hey, I'm literally the best person to solve X, Y, Z. Can I just jump in there? Um, you, you talk about uh, money back guarantee. Do you then refer to that if, if you're having to give out a lot of money back guarantees and it's not working? Yeah, I mean, what, what we give, for example, as sales people, we, we give every customer like an action-based money back guarantee. We don't advertise it like it's not a B2C thing and we don't want people to just like come and go. But if somebody's like, hey, I'm willing to put in the work, I'm committed to invest the hours and the budget. And like sales is really important to me, but 
what if my go my co-founder and I go to court and we go to war and we split up the company after two months? Do I still need to pay like for 12 months? What if we're validating B2B versus B2C right now? What if B2B just doesn't work and we see after four weeks, like can we just pay the month and it was useful to validate? But there's not going to be any use for us talking mutual action plans and enterprises if like the way we go is X. So like, sure, like, I also don't want to work with you on a B2C thing for the rest of my life if it's providing zero value to you. Okay. Thanks. We have a next question from Gregor. Yeah, so Gregor, um, so I understand the approach of not spending time on POCs, but what if the customer demands it to go further? How should I behave? Again, ask for, uh, ask for commitment. So let's like basically there's two options then, right? Like one, um, you're committed to do it and like what charged a POC pretty expensively and offered to credit it 100% to like continuous collaboration. Like just charge the POC and like whatever is expensive in that specific segment, 10, 20, 50, 100K. And then if somebody botches on that, it's like, yeah, but what if it doesn't work out? Like while you're telling me like 80% sure this converts to continuous collaboration, which is that means this POC is zero cost if that's our mutual goal, which we both agree this, this is what's going to happen. Like, yeah, but I'm not sure, like, and I don't, I don't have buy-in from the CEO and I don't know if we need this and if this is a priority and I don't have the money. It's like, well, but then you organize the money and the authority and like timing and everything before we start the POC. Because otherwise we run the POC and the problems are still there from a business perspective. And then you either get buy-in and you get commitment and you resolve some concerns or you disqualify. Because otherwise, especially if you're a tech startup, like there's hundreds of people who want to do POCs with you if they're free and if they're interesting and like there's whole departments being paid for that. Also, no, no question uh, from Carlo Badini from Pabio and Jeremias Meyer from Session VC expects you. Uh, but thanks for saying hello, hello back. Um, from an anonymous LinkedIn user, what if you're in a phase where you still do not have the best reference customer case to use? Um, so what's the approach you recommend for these customers? Um, first thing is always much harder than like 10 to 100, I think. Um, what I'd recommend is like still publish like target pricing, what you want to do. Um, like if you're you, in a professional service business or like, let's say you run a subscription and it would be worth 100K, still charge 100K. But then you can give a quid pro quo discount of like 20, 50, 80%, whatever needs to be there in exchange for product feedback, case study, joint webinar, introduction to the CEO, reference calls, whatever is useful to you in non-monetary value. And I think then what's really important, go above and beyond to make this first customer really successful. The smartest founders I know, they took in the beginning, they took like one to three customers and just like personally made them really, really successful as, as, as I mean, it was not all sauce, right? It was just sometimes a lot of professional services, network, but these three customers need to become super fans of you that they go above and beyond like you can have glowing testimonials from them and then everything else from that becomes much easier and then mom could also ask two questions um poc2 and for whom like business it procurement innovation team it's really a huge difference and addressing the right audience and then should you do it paid or free clearly fine and agreed scope for poc's key right so um, the second one is much easier to answer. Like POC paid, yes, uh, not free. Like if, if it's free, there's no value to it. There's no commitment. Even if you charge 5K, uh, get that get that commitment. 
um, and, and really like have a very clear scope of like, what do we want to get out of this? I mean, ideally you have legal conversion criteria, which is hard typically, but if you just 100% agree, we're here to solve, to go from A to B by solving these problems, which were not fixed before because of A, B, C. And if we solve this problem, then we roll this out, the solution to what the end goal was anyways. Um, with the business IT procurement innovation, I think there's, there's two fundamental pyramids. So one pyramid, Manfred, is really like this innovation, digital transformation, R&D, new business pyramid, which is like they, they pay to do POCs with you. They give like an accelerate the money to just run POCs because they're measured by the number of POCs with like innovative startups. We had this, for example, like, hey, you're an AI SaaS startup. Like, my job is this quarter to run five POCs. I'm too short. Can we run a POC? I give you 10K. The problem with that approach is that you do the POC here in this pyramid, and suddenly you ask, like, at the top of the pyramid, you completed it, and you ask it to convert to business, like marketing, sales, finance, ops, legal, whatever your buyer persona is. And then you ask to jump from this pyramid over to this pyramid here. And you, you need to implement that with stakeholders who have never heard of you. Who you don't have buy and you never spoken to, you don't have a proper discovery and qualification, you don't know who the economic buyer is, and you basically start from scratch. So then you enter like a POC conversion meeting with the intent to sell a three-year contract, and the other persons are like, Manfred, who are you? I've never heard of you. So from Sven Koller, also in summary, make them pay, then make them auto-renewing, recurring. Um, I mean, you cannot make a, a POC auto-renewing or recurring. I think it's just customers don't think in auto-renewal and recurring. Customers don't think in ARR. They think in like, I have a problem. Can you fix it? And whatever you do, like if you call that a subscription or if you call that a one-year contract that's with or a three-year contract, I don't care. So I think it's really important to think in the customer set of, of like, What's the problem we can solve here? And like, how does that problem solving look at scale? And does the case make sense for the customer? And then can we deliver this value with a mechanism that's profitable or that at least that's enable us to do high growth to become profitable at one point if you're a, a VC-backed startup? And then I think with time, we're like two more questions, like one already put in from uh, Simon uh, Michel. What if I'm not 100% sure if the scaling really works? Could a staggered rollout make sense? Uh, yes. Excellent point. Um, typically, you do not want to commit to the full scope early on with like an SMI or a docs company if you're like early stage startup, anything before a million in ARR. Like if, if, you, if, if UBS would ask you to do a global rollout within three months, it would be pretty suicidal to do that. And just like, yeah, sure. Like we probably press a button and then it come like, Here's this HIPAA, SOC, ISO compliance with like 27 different single sign-on um, systems, uh, four instances of SAP in 10 languages with 24-7 service level agreement to answer questions within five minutes and guarantee a 99.99% uptime. They're like, no way. What you can do then is you can start with one business unit, solve a real-world problem. So it's not a proof of concept. It's just solving the problem of this person. It's just solving the problem of UBS Switzerland wealth management for ultra high net worth individuals to do this part of your product. But that's not a POC, that's just solving the problem. And once this works, you can then think, can we do more value for UBS Switzerland within asset management? Or can we do the same use case we had for every single country subsidiary of UBS? Or can we just go deeper on what we do, but 
it's more of a landing point than proving that you can do something. Thanks so much for hosting and uh, also from my side, thanks for the great dialogue. Um, always fun discussing POCs or how to eliminate them. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Ciao.